0: Welcome to the Every Gamer Podcast. I'm Nick Wells. Hey, and I'm Sketch Two Five Six or Ben. And uh, today we're going to be talking about something kind of interesting. You want uh, to let us know what we're talking yeah. about?
1: Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you want to start that over? <laughs> no, I'm good. I, we should keep this in. This is the goal. Okay, cool. This is yeah. golden stuff. All right. This is uh, this is me and you, Nick. This is what I. You didn't start the timer. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so we're going to be over by a minute and thirty. This seconds. is what the
1: people pay for. I'm telling you. Man, no wonder they're not paying anything. I know. No. Well, it's also because you haven't put any podcasts out. Oh, that's true. Uh, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. So today we're we're gonna talk about a lot of different things. But I thought something that's been really interesting and on my mind lately about <clears throat> game development has to do with vision and right. creating a gaming experience. But before we get into that, I'd just like to kind of catch up and know like what you what you've been playing lately.
0: So I've I've kind of been playing some really interesting things. I beat um, Quantum Break. Okay. Uh, which was actually a really fun game. It had some really great game mechanics. The story Is, is that the was one that has
1: the guy that played Iceman? Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah, and um, it had a lot of live-action stuff um, built into it, yeah. uh, which helped tell the story, so cinematic with the game stuff. And, um, I mean, for its time, I think it was a great game, mm. and I wish it got a little bit more... Uh, press, but that game was really, really fun. The game mechanics were just super, super fun and satisfying. Um, another one I just finished up was uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, and yeah. um, incredible storytelling. Again, it's one of those games that prove like you don't need crazy game mechanics yeah. to enjoy a game. It was like five or six hours to finish, right? Uh, pretty linear. Uh, But the way that they tell the story and the way that you interact with the game was so fun and very interesting, so well done, Mm. and uh, probably one of the best games I've played in a long time.
1: Um, And It is interesting because I I think I've been finding that the atmosphere of a game can sometimes be every bit as, like... um, it gets its hooks in you in yeah. a way that even like fun gameplay doesn't necessarily do or sure things like that. It's like the story, the world that's there. Do I want to stay in that and be a part of that? Yeah. And uh, I've been thinking about that in some ways personally for me. Like as far as what I've been playing lately, I, I kind of stick to my leader shoot, shooters mm-hmm. on genres quite a bit. Sure. But uh, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> so I've been playing some uh, Division Two. and yep. Kind of leveling up there. And I'm playing Destiny 2 somewhat, uh, but I've, I kind of backed off that in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. But it's like um, it's interesting because Division 2 is, is a great game, you mm-hmm. know, and it really is a lot of fun to play. But I find that the world that it is in, the story that it's in, doesn't doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Uh, and I don't for sure know why. I think some of it might be just some some of my personal. Um, uh, views of some of the writing or the voice yeah. acting, it it, it kind of takes me out of the world. Yeah, it doesn't feel genuine to me. Um, but the gameplay is super fun, and then I can contrast that to a game like Destiny, which Destiny had like no story in the first part. Yeah, in the, when it first came out. But something about the world building and the mystery and the lore, like mm-hmm. I, I've spent a lot of time getting to know the lore, and so it brings me back. True. Like I'm really invested in the world that's there. And so even though even though the gameplay is pretty much the same as it always has been which has always been solid the atmosphere of it kind of sucks me back in but <clears throat> as far as like a game that really nails like the experience from start to finish if, with gameplay for the most part and then with story i mean borderlands 2 yeah we've been getting into that <laughs> some i <clears throat> just started replaying that recently and i just forgot how much i love that freaking game
0: yeah because they they keep it very light-hearted um the, the writing is incredible. The voice acting, the, the directing yes. on the voice acting. It's so funny. Like, we we met Scooter and we were laughing the whole time he was talking. And then Ellie, same thing. We were just uh, laughing with all the dialogue that was coming out.
1: Well, that's so great because Man I didn't realize, had never played that game. Yeah. Our buddy Man Pony, we play with, he's never played it. So he saw Scooter and he's like on the floor. He like just laughing. is giggling, <clears throat> uh, which yeah.
0: is really fun to experience it through fresh eyes like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Because. Most of the time, when we play in a team like this, we don't really pay attention to the story that's going on. But like, whenever these guys start talking, we just listen, and it's so hilarious. And it's Man Pony's just cracking up the whole time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Borderlands it shows good game design because it's it's kind of timeless. Even though some of the controls are a little dated. Yeah. It is just chaos and so much fun. It's it's um, stupid fun. Yeah, and so uh, we've been tearing it up uh, <clears throat> lately. Um, <clears throat> last night it was it was so much fun just to get in and and just start shooting and destroying things and <laughs> swapping gear out and all that yeah. um so how does that relate to to borderlands 3 and
1: so yeah one of the reasons why i wanted to get back into borderlands 2 is because the gameplay re- i know that we're kind of dating when our podcast is right now but the gameplay reveal was this past week mm-hmm. and first off like the cojones on gearbox for if you're not familiar, listeners. Um, This is the first time to my knowledge that a game has come out and they've had content creators come to them and live stream their first experiences with the game. It's like a lot of times a publisher or developer will bring content creators like YouTube people or Twitch people to come out and record footage that they then can say, here's what you can say, here's what you can't say. Not necessarily their impressions. Like You can give your honest feedback, I think, but as far as like, it's very tailored mm-hmm. uh, because it's a very tailored experience before the game comes out. And Gearbox bringing out several people to live stream the event yeah. and live stream their first hour, hour and a half of gameplay is just demonstrating that they are really confident Absolutely. In, in this product. That they're like, We're, you're going to be able to play today, you're going to like, and you're going to tell your audience that you like it because yeah. you will. <laughs> right. And I think it's... <clears throat> I I can't think of another example of anybody who's ever done that. Yeah. Can you?
0: Can you think of a time? No, No, not really, because a lot of times... um Developers and publishers want to curate what's being put out about exactly. the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing about the Borderlands series has always been very tongue-in-cheek, very let's make fun of ourselves and let's just enjoy the experience.
1: And make fun of gamer culture or culture yeah. in general. And it's it's always hilarious. Yeah. And so
0: I think with Borderlands 3, I think they're doing a great job with it. They've, they've obviously made some really great improvements, um, kept what was great about it, things that could be improved upon they improved upon yeah um the graphics look really great very much kept kept that it looks gorgeous but like so much more detail and contrast and the world smooth and yeah yeah uh so i'm really excited to get back into that and one thing that i noticed about the gameplay was just the the movement um it just feels so much more fluid in the way that it was playing um when they were doing the yeah. demonstration, the way that guy was moving around and kind of jumping around and sliding and getting behind cover, uh, that's one of the things that um, feels a little dated in Borderlands 2 sure. as opposed to something like Apex Legends or um, even Division. I mean, still, you're you're kind of limited in your mobility and Division, but you still have cover mechanics mm. and moving, mm. and um, you have to be very tactful about how you move, I think. Borderlands 3 keeps that pace up, but also allows mobility and the way that you move and cover. Yeah. And so I'm really, really excited about that. Um, so how do you think they've been handling, um, I guess, people's perspectives on it, on the game? And <coughs> So sorry. oh, you're good. So how do you think they've been handling, um, I guess... The consumers, they threw it out there with this one reveal trailer, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's some weird stuff that happened there with uh, Polygon article, um, kind of <laughs> ripping it just to be different. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's so, it's so interesting. And this, this is kind of what we
1: want to talk about today is having a vision for the game that you're gonna make. Mm-hmm. And I think that Gearbox came out and they said, "We know who we are. Mm-hmm. We know what ga- We know what Borderlands is." We're not going to break the formula for the stuff that works. Right. Just because it's been like eight years since the last came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I've seen, I've seen that feedback here and there. It's like, it's not different enough. I've also seen it's It said like, it's too different, which I don't understand that. Like yeah. so I saw that in a Twitter comment, responding to someone who said it wasn't different enough. And I was like, I'm very confused <laughs> by what's happening right now. Right. Like it's, some people think it's too, not different enough. Some people think it's too different. I just looked at it and I saw prettier, uh, better Borderlands yeah. too. And in my mind, that's perfect because the Gearbox knows what kind of game they want to make. And they ha- I think they had a really clear vision. The game hasn't come out yet. Yeah. We could get it and say, and all this could be wrong. Right. But everything we've seen so far to me screams, we had a goal in mind and we made it. Right. And we made the, we made what works better we know who we are and we're making that because the polygon article came out and said something like it just looks like a, a graphically updated borderlands 2 yeah and in my mind first off i would say why is that bad uh <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but even so that it's like i know that it's more than that like there's whole new movement mechanics there's mm-hmm. new ways to interact with the world there's destructible environments there's four brand new characters and a bunch of different ways to mm-hmm. like Upgrade them, and there's improved co-op ability, like capability, and there's yeah. a whole new story. Once a story, uh, the from what I hear from the news, it'll take thirty hours just to get through the main campaign. Right, you know, so it's it's it sounds like an improvement in many many ways while sticking to that vision.
0: Well, that's what a sequel is. I mean, I think I, yes, that's, <laughs> I think that's that's the big thing people are are getting away from is like it's a sequel it's supposed to keep to the feel yeah. and the story of the previous game right. and just improve upon it and i think that's where uh, destiny 2 went wrong with destiny 1 oh yeah they're trying to make it a completely <clears throat> different game but you got rid of a lot of good stuff about destiny 1 i think division 2 went about it the right way it's mm. more of the division just improved right um I think yeah, they took
1: all the things that worked and they made them better. Right. And I can understand, like, some people saying, well, why didn't you innovate and make a new gameplay uh, activity? You know, like mm-hmm. Halo uh, ODST mm-hmm. came out with Firefight. Yeah. You know, and it was their answer to uh, Horde mode and Gears of War. And it was fun and it was innovative for them. Mm-hmm. But it still felt like very much like a Halo game. Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't know that necessarily Borderlands needs that. Borderlands is about grabbing gear and it's about having a, a solid narrative experience yeah. and then you can replay that and really max min-max your character right. like through your builds and so I think that's I don't know that the game necessarily needs other things the Polygon article something along the lines of like I almost would have been glad if it had had a, a battle royale because yeah. that would be different and part of me goes what? Like, that's not Borderlands. Yeah. Why
0: would you do that to Borderlands? Right. I mean, the strongest thing has going for it is the narrative, the, the story, mm-hmm. um, the characters. Story characters, um, yeah. Yeah, and so... And the fun. It's just fun. It is just fun <clears throat> to play and, and you know, they're not trying to make it into something like Destiny. They have, I think, just the one ability. Uh, at least in Borderlands 2, you had just the one ability. In Borderlands 3, every character has three. Three. So yeah. maybe maybe it's, it's improving there, but, like, again, like, it's Borderlands, so let it be Borderlands. Um, <clears throat> that's what Mass Effect did. I think with each game, each sequel, it improved upon what yes. it was doing. Um, and again, the narrative was the strongest part. Okay, let's keep that the strongest part, mm-hmm. and we'll just improve these other things that we need to. Yep. Um, and so I think there's a big kind of... That's a that's big thing. They need to stick to what the game is and... Um, improve upon that. If they're gonna make a new IP, make a new IP. Then you go yeah. for but um, which they tried with Battleborn, which right. didn't work out super well. But for want to understand a totally mechanically sound game.
1: Sure. It's a good game, but it came out right when Overwatch did. So right. kind of got screwed there. Right. And so <laughs> um but yeah and so it's been making me like this kind of stuff is and, and I I relate this to God of War as well. <clears throat> right. God of War, the one that came out last year was totally it was very different than the original three. I mean, so I would say, like, in some ways, it's not a sequel. Mm-mm. It technically is, because it follows the story further. But it's a totally different type of game mm-hmm. than, I mean, it's a brawling game. You do fight, but God of War, the originals were all, like, uh, not like not top-down, necessarily. The, ca- the camera's way back, yeah. and you had these, like, I don't know, I think, I, I never really played them a whole lot, but it was just, like, over-the-top violence, and... Mm-hmm and, and uh, gratuitous sexu- sexuality and that right. kind of stuff. And it's re- It's really like, it's big, it's in your face. And this God of War came out and I think they took some huge risks with it because the core fan base was used to that form of God of War. Right. And you come to this and this is an older, more reserved Kratos. Right. In, um, <clears throat> what, is, what am I thinking? Uh, Norse. Norse mythology, but where would that be geographically speaking? <laughs> Uh Norway. Like Scandinavia. Like Norway. <laughs> Norway. Yeah. Yeah. Nor. Yeah, obviously Norway. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um Yes, somewhere in the European land. Yes. <laughs> and he's got a kid and it's like yeah. a much more reserved story. It's still really powerful. Sure. Um and one thing I heard from that was uh basically the the lead developer of that game, I think it was a guy named Corey Barlog. I think that was his name. Sounds familiar. And and uh uh, a game reviewer guy was talking to one of his coworkers, workers, uh, and they said, he basically just said, How did you pull this off? Like, how did you pull off this incredible game? And the developer said, Well, we made something and we took it to Corey and he liked it, we went with it. And if he didn't like it, we didn't. <laughs> you know, it was like, and you could hear that and go, like, Well, that's a one man job. It's not, that's not, that's not the point. Yeah. The point is, he had a clear vision right. for what this game should be. Right. And he directed his team in an effective way sure. to make that. And I think that that speaks to uh, just the power. Of, like, I feel like when you when you play a game like that, you know
0: it. Right. I think. Uh, I think what's really <clears throat> interesting um, with the original God of War games, um, a lot of the people that probably played those games were probably. 20s mid early 20s yeah and now you may have grown with them grown with them yeah. and now those people are probably in the same kind of boat where their fathers now or yeah. their you know parents and and they're and so source they're source kind of going just I th- passed away and, and there's to exactly um half godson yes yeah, that's yeah. it it's, that's tough no but there's the the whole really the
1: every man's tale <laughs> <laughs> yes being able to throw a uh,
0: axe that Returns to you. If I had a nickel, I tell you. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it tells something about um, kind of those people that play the original games are, are probably going through the same uh, kind of ideas of raising a son, mm. um, or raising a child. Sure. And um, like what that entails, um, the 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 troubles that come with it, the the joys and the victories that come with it. Oh, yeah. and, and I think they're. Um, they got to a point to where um, they are showing how important that relationship was between the son and the father Mm. and um, I think it really speaks to uh, the the group of gamers that grew up playing games that's a good point I never thought about that yeah and so kind
1: of like like Harry Potter, like the first one is very kiddy yeah. because that's who it was marketed to. And then right. by the time you get to the seventh one, it's super dark.
0: Yeah, they're. they're um,
1: and very like adult
0: themes yeah. there because most of the readers are adults now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's that's kind of a big thing is is knowing your, your, your demographic, knowing the people that you're creating the game for because you can't create the game in a vacuum. You can't just uh-huh. create a game and be like, okay, this is a game that we made. You have to think about the audience that's there. Yeah. Um, and know who you're creating for, right? Um, and uh, that helps to shape the story that you're going to tell. It helps to shape the gameplay you're going to tell right. or you're going to you're going to create. Um, and so I think I think what they did there was was really great because I think if they put out another God of War game that was r- r- same as the previous games, yeah, I think it would have flopped. It probably would have. I mean, I mean, I don't know.
1: I mean, it has such a strong IP, but that part of me thinks when I first heard it was coming out I fully expected it to be like mm-hmm. the other ones and I kind of expected that to be the fan base that would be drawn to it Right. and then I got to see what it was and I was like man this is crazy like this is mm-hmm. a whole this is a totally different game sure you know um, but I I watched a let's play of it I haven't actually played it myself because I don't have a PS4 <laughs> I wish I uh, hate console exclusivity but, yeah. but <clears throat> Uh, it's like I want to play. I watched the entire playthrough, and I yeah. want to play it anyway because it looks like it's just such a fantastic piece of art.
0: Right, and I think an that's incredible experience. I think that's where uh, Mass Effect Andromeda went wrong too. Hmm. Um, they tried to cr- create, <clears throat> I guess they tried to create the same <clears throat> game that Mass Effect one through three was, but they yeah. missed the mark uh, because they didn't try to create something that was its own. Yeah, maybe so. And I never it, played Andromeda, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like Mass Effect, which necessarily isn't a bad thing, but it came with a lot of bugs. It came with a... um it seemed half done. Yeah, it, it came with, uh, one, the, the, the fan base, the people that played it, are now 10, 12 years older yeah. at this point. Yeah. And then, you know, you're creating a game that's... They've they've experienced a lot of different games at this point, and right. they're looking for something that's more advanced. You know, hmm. maybe more RPG like um, than it was, hmm. and so um, that might be a really big thing. Is like knowing what your fan base is right. and who you're creating it for. So I think like another thing that would have been <clears throat> that probably would have helped was not going with Mass Effect and but a different just different a name. IP.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe even um, set in the same universe, but yeah, a different IP. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. And it's, I've never developed games, but I'm sure it's incredibly difficult to try and create something uh, that you want to create, but also is appealing to your audience. Yeah. Um, And I think, like, a good example of a game that clearly struggled with this, um, uh, it was probably like a month ago now, but Jason Schreier from Kotaku Mm -hmm. wrote this, like, 11,000-word essay, basically, about what happened with Anthem's development. Yeah. And kind of how it didn't have this clear uh, hand on the wheel, if you will, you right. know about what this game is, what it should be. I mean, it was shocking to hear that up until I think it was the E3 that it was showed. They showed that that they showed yeah. the, the reveal that half the development team didn't even know it was called Anthem. Yep, you know it. it and you just kind of hear that stuff and you're dumbfounded. I, I mean, I know that game development is a really crazy world. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, Jason Schreier's book, The um, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, if you if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. It's super interesting. But you do come away with it being amazed that any game is ever made. Yeah. Because of how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have somebody with a clear vision.
0: Yeah.
1: For what it should be and who, the, who it's for. Yeah then you get, this, uh, you, you get something that feels like it won't commit to anything, so it doesn't do anything excellent. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like you were talking about those games, What Remains of Edith Finch, mm-hmm. and uh, you listed another one. Oh, Quantum, Quantum Break. Break. yeah. And neither of those games stood out to me when I first heard about them. I wasn't expecting, like, incredible gameplay from either of those. Yeah. They both look like story-driven mm-hmm. experiences. And that's what they were trying to make. Right. You know, so it doesn't have to be... A, a, a multiplayer, you know, high octane experience. Yeah. It's it's what game are you making, and who are you making it for, and are you really committed to that vision?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's a, that's a huge thing is not having that direction. Okay, what is this game? What are we? So like, um, games like Quantum Break and Rise that launched with the Xbox One. Yeah, that uh, Roman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was actually a really solid game in okay. itself too. Yeah. Um, I played through that um, uh, probably two years ago, like five years after it, it released or whatever, but <laughs> right, right. Um, I was like, this game looks interesting. Let me let me play through it. Um, and I played through it, and I played through the whole thing. And I was like, I mean, after a while, it, it, you kind of knew the formula for bosses yeah, and stuff like sure. that. But I was like, this gameplay is actually pretty solid. Yeah, Why? Cool. And so they focused more on the story of it, which the story was right. really, really well told, too. That's kind of the the um, common factor through these games is I enjoyed them not because necessarily the gameplay but the story that was told and then the gameplay was solid Right, I think Anthem is flipped there they Mm. focus so much on the gameplay that it has no depth it Mm. feels very two dimensional Mm -hmm. and so um, they should have had a unified idea of what the story is like a year into development what is this game what's the story we're trying to tell
1: well well, and if you read the article you know that it started off as a completely different animal. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't even meant to be kind of a looter, shooter, yeah. uh, a shared world thing. It was meant to be this kind of like survival, almost, it sounds to me almost like a um, like a roguelike. Sure. You know, uh, like you and you, you assemble a team, and you have your gear, you go out into the environment yeah. for a time to survive, and I think maybe acquire stronger mm-hmm. things and then come back and then be able to go to the next thing. And I don't, I don't know how they would have fleshed that out, but it's totally different sure. than the end product. And so <clears throat> it's just, it's one of those things where I, I don't want our podcast to be we're bashing developers or yeah. anything like that. That's not my goal at all. Or even um, uh, uh, publishers, even yeah. though they leave themselves <laughs> open for that kind of stuff a lot. It, it's more like, I mean, this is just kind of what happens when people don't have vision, when they yeah. don't know what they're trying to I mean, I'm sure that everybody who was working on Anthem wanted to do a good job. Right. But they didn't know what they were supposed to do, and I'm right. sure that the leadership also wanted to do a good job. But maybe, maybe there was some anxiety there about not, not really knowing what to do, and so every time a decision needed to be made, they didn't know what decision to make. I don't know. It's hard to, you know, I, I'm not in their shoes, but
0: this this just came into my brain like, um, the great equalizer with any game that's developed is story. So like, developers have a lot of these AAA developers. They have. Almost what seems like unlimited resources, tech, um, yeah. the the engines, all that stuff is like indie gamers couldn't even dream to get on that level. Mm-hmm. But the thing that could that can sell their game is the story. I mean, you look at a yeah. game like Super Meat Boy. Um, <laughs> you know, it it does have really <laughs> challenging. It's kind of like Cuphead, really challenging gameplay. Yeah. But the gameplay itself is fairly simple. Mm -hmm. this is what you do this is how you move that's what I think about Celeste exactly Celeste but the thing is a story is so strong and elevates it and you don't need like a team of 40 people writing the story and Mm -hmm. all this background lore the story can be great in and of itself yeah Um, but that's kind of the great equalizer like Anthem great game mechanics I still don't even know what the story's about right I mean, I have played some of it. I've read as much as I could about it, but I have no idea what that game's about.
1: Yeah, and and we've talked about we've talked about how the, from what I hear the game has a decent story, but it's not a Bioware story. Yeah, and so those expectations kind of come in and be like, you know, you guys took the Old Republic, which from what I hear is a a a, a competent MMORPG, not mm-hmm. like WoW, like amazing, as in World of Warcraft, amazing. <laughs> You could also be, wow, you know? <laughs> but but the point um, I hear, it's like it was competent, but the main thing about it was BioWare was somehow able to make a really incredible story yeah. for an MMORPG. So when Anthem came out, everyone had the expectation that they would still be able to have like a really incredible story. Right. In spite of the fact that they were doing a new IP and a new um, uh, type of game... You know, but ultimately, when it came out, I think a lot of people sensed that it was half, a lot of people knew it was half-baked. Yeah. I, I think there was also a sense of, like, this is kind of, it's not a unified direction. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a lot of this stuff was intentional. And I mm. feel that, I, I hate to say it, but I feel the same way somewhat about Destiny. Yeah. You know, like, uh, and I know it's true, too. Destiny has had some crazy uh, ups and downs with this development process. But even as I look back at it now, I think they have a really clear vision now for what the game they want to make is and Mm -hmm. the people they want to make it for. But I swear it's taken almost four years for them to get there. Yeah. Because it's like the game first came out and you could tell that something was off with it. There was like no story. Yeah, uh, It didn't make a lot of sense, but the gear was there, the gameplay was there, and they kept on adding to it, but it was almost like the foundation wasn't set before they started adding things. Yeah, And so a lot of th- stuff felt like Band-Aid fixes. Yeah. And then Taken King came out and it was like, this is great, everything here feels intentional. But then they couldn't add more content to it. And, now, and then we go through all that stuff with D1 and then De- Destiny 2 comes out and they make... Like you said, it's almost like an entirely different game. Mm-hmm. It's um, and it, in a lot of ways, it was. It had a great story, I think. Yeah, it had a good narrative arc for the Destiny Two vanilla story, but the gameplay in the end game was completely neutered. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, it was like they were still trying to figure out who are we making this game for, uh, and they were taking feedback from players who are saying, "It's amazing." Like I'm sure this is in every video game, but if I look at the feedback from Destiny players. You will not find a more disparate group of people <laughs> who are like, well, I, I got, it's like, I don't know how, I have no idea how a developer says, we have a bunch of people over here saying the game is too grindy, and we have a bunch of people over here saying there's not enough. What do we do? Right. I, I mean, you've been in game development. I mean, mostly sound production. I don't know how many people yeah. you have being like, this guy should have sounded more robotic. And the other guy's going, he should have sounded more human. Like, <laughs> I don't know how much of that you're getting. Uh, but do you, I mean, in your experience with game development, did you see this? Like, how do we balance this?
0: Um, most of the time, they had to... Um, so there was always a character designer, um, like a lead character designer, and he made the final call and everything. Right. Which, that's a big deal. Clear vision. Yeah, clear vision. <laughs> um, but also, a lot of times, it's... they They... <clears throat> actually, so high res actually did uh, look to the community for feedback a yeah, lot. Yeah. But at the same time, they're not going to sacrifice their vision of what something should be right. to make just this one person who's being louder than everybody else uh-huh. happy. Which I think that's a big deal. To a point, you do need to listen to your community. And as 100%. a whole, if the large majority is saying, this is broken or this is messed up, sure. But if you have a clear vision, you start with a clear vision. um, carry that through and you know if you need to make adjustments along the way make those adjustments yeah. but don't deviate from that because at some point your team is going to be like what are we doing? Right. It's it well it's, it's just there's no way to balance it all. I mean I, I got in a Twitter
1: not argument but a discussion about weapon balancing and PvP. Yeah. I was way out of my league. This dude I was talking talking with well one guy was a douchebag but <laughs> the main guy I was talking to <laughs> It was a pretty nice guy. He had he had good thoughts about what he's doing, and he's played a ton of PvP. He's really well known, uh, and it was just like me and him just had totally different viewpoints yeah. about how it should be balanced in this one area, right? And of course, I not that I feel like my voice is super is like the most important one to be listening to. And even though he's a he's a bigger content creator with a bigger community,
0: mm-hmm.
1: his voice alone shouldn't be listened to either. But I'm just thinking from the thing that would help. is if I felt like Bungie. Had a very clear vision mm-hmm. about what they wanted to do. And if it felt like they were putting all their efforts and resources in that direction yeah. regarding PvP in Destiny 2. Right. Now, that's a very specific thing. In PvE, I feel like they do. Sure. Like, I feel like they're really saying, we know what we want to do, we know who our audience is. And I mm-hmm. think they're doing a really good job creating content for that. Right. Uh some you know, some of the stuff is kind of a hit or miss for people, but for the most part it's like there's good depth here, there's good gameplay, there's some really interesting story and lore that's happening. Yeah. And then you look at the PvP side and I think it's a it's kind of a reminder of that lack of vision. Yeah. <clears throat> because it doesn't feel like it's been fully dedicated to and maybe that's because they didn't know
0: what they wanted to do. Well I think one one really amazing thing maybe uh, I don't
1: know. I can't speak for them, but maybe. Right. We
0: well one really amazing thing this is not the only amazing thing, but one really amazing thing that happened recently was Gambit. Yeah, they had a very clear idea of what they wanted that to be. I think they took a lot of feedback from the community. And yeah, like, sure. Let's create this game mode. This is how it's gonna work. This is how it's gonna be. And I right. think right off the bat, most people just loved it. Yeah, I still think it's it's one of the strongest parts of Destiny. It's a super cool game mode. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things I think they had a really clear idea of what they wanted to do with it, what it was supposed to be, yeah. and then they executed that. Right. Um, and then they made a couple of of balancing um, fixes to it, but for, for you know, I mean, if if they just keep doing that right. as far as Destiny is concerned, um, I think the next Destiny game could be really incredible. For sure. And it's kind of the same thing with raids. Right? I mean, if, if I look on my
1: Xbox Live achievements, um, for Destiny 1, mm-hmm. it's like completing the hard mode of the King's Fall raid is like less than 5% of yeah. the Xbox population have done that. Um. Which tells you, in some ways, they're not creating the raids for the majority of the Destiny fans. Yeah. Part of the why they're doing it is because they want it to be a core part of their experience in the game. Yeah. It's part of their vision. And part of it is also because the people who love Destiny, I think the most, Yeah. are crazy about them. Right. You know, and that's something that it's almost like every time there's a raid, we go in and we're like, this is Destiny at its most realized. Absolutely. It's like, this is where the vision Everything is working together to create a really incredible experience. There have been, hit, you know, there have been stronger ones and weaker ones, but every time it's a super cool experience. Oh yeah, and you get to see. I think you get to see a little bit more of their. Bungie has a vision for this, right. and they're making it, and it's really cool. Right. <laughs> and I just want to see that across the board in the entire game, and I want to see it in every game that comes out. Yeah. But right. sometimes it's, I, you know, I think, I don't know. It's like. I don't know how to balance that vision. Like if you if, you're, if your internal development crew doesn't have a clear vision, it makes it way worse. But then if you're also trying to balance out the demands of the fan base or the community, uh, you know, I don't know how you do that. I mean, it's got to be tough. It is. That's why they have uh,
0: community <laughs> managers and they have people that are, uh, you know, scouring the internet, seeing like what are we doing right, what are we doing yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, you have to start off with what are we doing yeah uh first of all what do we want to do what do we want to make exactly yeah um, which i think uh i think that's where fallout 76 went wrong um yeah i think they're what so. they're they trying to say is like we want to make a fallout game but we want it to be a multiplayer uh but that can't be what the game rests on like what is this game right um like the fallout games are narrative games and right. they neutered the narrative uh, the narrative out of yeah. fallout 76 yeah um and I think that's, it feels disjointed it's a, a huge thing yeah, yeah. it's it no <laughs> longer feels like a Fallout game at that point yeah
1: um, it doesn't feel like the gameplay elements that were put in were put there with intentionality to, to, to achieve a goal yeah uh, and that's a really unfortunate thing because Fallout is such a strong IP yeah and it's got some really great cool stuff you know mm-hmm. and some good stories and uh, you know I think Bethesda Aside from Fallout 76, is like a super responsible developer. Yeah. And they're all like the times that even when they pushed out like buggy messes, yeah. The buggy messes were like pushing the envelope for amazingness, you know, like Skyrim. It was incredible. I mean, I had a bug that that made me lose like forty hours of gameplay. Like yeah. really frustrating. But it was also so good that I just fired it back up and started again. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like, well, I gotta do all that crap over again. But I had fun and so I'm gonna right. like, do it again. Is it the the when the town got destroyed and you yeah, couldn't get it was into like, the, yeah. the house? Yes. It was like the Civil <laughs> so the War thing that happened. Yeah. And uh, what was it White fall? White um
0: what well, was like I think it was Whitefall. Whitefall is that the? I think so. That's the first city you go to. Yeah, it's a big, um, big kind of city. That it's not humongous. It's, it's like got that. It's got segment, that courtyard, yeah. and that's where the house was. I <laughs> think. Yeah, and so um, it's right like the war happens,
1: and there's a big piece of like house or something like that yeah. that falls in the front lawn of that house. It's like the, there was like a cart or or boulder. Or yeah, something, something blocks a the door. Cart. Right? It might have been a cart.
0: You couldn't get in. I,
1: can't, I couldn't get in this door that I had to do in order to finish the companion quest line yeah. or something like that. So I was a werewolf forever because I couldn't finish the companion quest line, <laughs> and I couldn't finish the story, and I was, like, so annoyed. Yeah. But I didn't know it, and it was way before I knew, like, you could look for information about this stuff online. I was, yeah. I was much less uh, learned about video game right. stuff, but I look back and I was like, I just lost, like, 40 hours of video game. And that, probably like a week later, I was like, "I'm gonna do. I'm gonna play anyway." Yep. So I like fired it back up and just <laughs> just did that storyline first. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and then did the Civil War one. Yeah. but yeah, but it's like that game was pushing the envelope. It had a clear vision of what it wanted to be, yeah. and all of the gameplay elements really seemed to work well to to. to to suit that goal, yeah, and then you have you know some like Fallout seventy six came out, and I don't know, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I believe that most people there probably want to do a really good job, mm-hmm. and and maybe it was maybe it was pressure from the um, from the publishing side of Bethesda to try and kind of trace chase a trend of yeah. making these online multiplayer service uh, games service, service yeah. games of service or uh, and you know monetary pressure to make microtransactions more of a thing, yeah, uh, which is discouraging in and of itself. But the game came out, and it didn't feel like um, it didn't feel like it it didn't feel like it made sense.
0: Well, they didn't have the tech. the The tech itself was already um, out of date by like probably six to eight years. Um, yeah, and I think they're like, well, all these other companies are making a lot of money by these games of service. Let's do that with Fallout. You know, we've got this engine. Let's we've got the the kind of world set up let's just go ahead and make this for a games of service which i think you can't rely on that as your vision um obviously because it didn't work out for them Um, (laughs) no it did not but uh yeah i think that was that was one of the biggest things can we do that with this engine and it can't be like we have the engine let's do it it should be is this a good idea yeah um and i think i think it was ultimately as as crappy as as Fall at seventy six and all the, the stuff that went along with it is I think it was great that it happened because it shows that no game dev is impervious to it. No. Um and I think with Starfield and with Elder Scrolls Six, they're gonna tread a lot more lightly when they put stuff out. I hope so. Uh, because like <laughs> they were kind of like the golden child of the of the game dev world, um of yeah. the games industry.
1: Right now I think there's only two left. Yeah. Uh, which which ones? Um C D project red. And then Rockstar and Rockstar, yeah. The well,
0: thing. Rockstar took it too because with Red Dead Redemption Two online. Oh, true. They've been yeah, it's just CD Projekt up. Red. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. So Rockstar's off the list. Um, but it shows <laughs> like that to us now. No, <laughs> but yeah, CD Projekt Red. They said this is what Cyberpunk 2077 is going to be. Yeah, it's not going to be online. It's story driven. This is what we want the game to be. It's an right. RPG shooter, RPG. This is what the game is, yeah. and I don't right. think they're going to be like, okay, now let's work on the multiplayer side of it, which is what Red Dead Redemption Two Online feels like, right? Um, and I think Grand Theft Auto Five, to a point, feels like. Well, it's kind of interesting, and that, this is a side note, but like Grand Theft Auto Five,
1: I remember when Anla Online came out, it mm-hmm. was a mess.
0: It was, yeah, heists heist 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 were the biggest things, and it didn't it, even launch with heists.
1: It didn't launch with heists. Like yeah. it took like, like a year, year and a half to get yeah. like heists actually come Because I remember the the. Uh, Achievement Hunter Crew from uh, yeah. Rooster Teeth, and then they made, the made their own heists, which, which are is honestly hilarious. some of the funniest videos you will ever watch online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just just look up the one where Gavin crashes his helicopter into a bridge. It's honestly <laughs> hilarious. Like it's so funny. But um, yeah, I because I remember when it first came out. Like people could play, but it was it was kind of a mess. It was very much. A mess, they stuck yeah. with it and made it. I, th- I mean, people still play it to this day. Yeah, you know, and they love it. But and I'm wondering if they'll do the same thing with Red Dead, but. Yes, it does seem like there's the best games that people can think of and list are these ones that have a clear vision and they don't try to be everything at all times. Sure. Because they can't be. I mean, mm-hmm. Apex Legends does not have a narrative. Nope. It doesn't need one. Nope. It's meant to be a battle royale. You jump in for a 15 minute game mm-hmm. if, you, if you're if you lucky. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> sure. and winning feels awesome. And yeah. then, But there's no narrative there. And if right. they try to put a narrative in They may not have been able to spend as much time really getting that fine-tuned gameplay going, Mm -hmm. right, and getting those characters balanced and all that stuff. So, and just there's resources are finite. These these are these developers are people, you know. They can't do everything all the time. They can't make everything. They can't make the game that's going to be everything to all people, right? Um, And so I think it's just interesting. I I, so I come back to the thing. It's like Borderlands Three, yeah, and I think. They know what this game is and yeah. they know what they want what they want to make it and they're not trying to make it something else. Right. So that it looks different than Borderlands two for some reason because different is automatically better. Like they're making it they're improving everything that I can see. Yeah. Um so far and the game hasn't come out, but it seems like there's a really strong direction there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I'm really excited to, to, to play that one for sure. Uh, because they've always been on point with um with the gameplay, with the story, the D L C that comes out. Uh, and the loot. And the yeah, the loot is so much fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, the well, names Well, even the flavor text is funny. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, the names of these guns are just so hilarious. Um, cuz it's like, well, what's funny instead of like what's appropriate or what's proper or right. whatever. It's like, well, this Prop-fi. is our game. This is what we're we're making. Um, you know. Yeah. We're we're making a game that's called the Greasy Blaster or something like that. You know, it's 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 really really funny. It's really fun to receive loot, and that's I think there's a gun in the game that shoots
1: cheeseburgers. Yeah, so that's
0: <laughs> that's kind of the biggest thing. Like I was I was telling you yeah. earlier um, before we started recording. Like I haven't been in Destiny two very much because like the game it doesn't feel as rewarding right now because it just feels too grindy to me. Sure. And mm-hmm. with the limited time that I have to play, I want to play something that's a little more rewarding. And like I was, I think. You guys hadn't even started, and I was already level eight in, in Borderlands Two. Yeah, and like within an hour, you guys were up to level six. We jumped in the game together, and now, we'll, within like an hour of playing together, we were, we're all the, the, the same lane. level. Yeah, level out. And we were upgrading our skills. Uh, we had cycled through so many different weapons. Uh, we decided like what weapon types we we were playing, and whenever I got something, I would throw it to, to someone. Yeah, and, and it's, part of that is because you don't. Yeah, you. you you don't get your own loot drops in Borderlands, 2, right? Which is something they're fixing in Borderlands Three. Yeah, yeah. But it was cool because we also kind of adopt our own player identities, right? You know. And and I think that was a great thing. It's just like we didn't worry, but so much about like, all right, do I have the perfect loadout? It was more like, oh, this was a fun gun. Let me try it out and let me play with this for a little bit. Right. Um, and so. Uh, so that was really satisfying just to be able to jump into a game, have have a lot of fun, have it be super rewarding yeah. pretty much throughout the entire thing. Yeah. And it's not even so much about like completing the 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 side quests and stuff like that. Now it's more about like let's just let's just try to to play together and have some fun. And, yeah. And, uh, and it is working. It is We're having it, a good time <laughs> for for a game that's as old as it is. Like it's aged pretty well. It's aged super well.
1: Yeah. It still it still looks good and they and they've come out with like I don't know I, I, the quality of life improvements for the games yeah like the Xbox One version I swear it has better controls than the 360 version it feels like it yeah because I played the 360 version last week yeah and I played the Xbox One last night and yeah. I was like this feels better
0: Yep. and I think that's that's kind of a, a big deal is like I'm sure they're making a killing right now out of the um, Borderlands 2 and <laughs> the previous games just because the so Borderlands ma- one remastered yeah yeah so many people are so hyped about uh, Borderlands 3. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited for Borderlands 3 to come out and, and yeah. jump into that and start playing. Um, I think that's... So I want to talk about a little bit about Destiny 3, going back to like yeah. a clear vision. I think now that Bungie's a little bit more, in, um, like, I guess, unchained from, from a publisher, Activision, yeah. Activision um, they know what the game is. At this point, I think they've taken all that they've learned and they've said... This is what the game's going to be. It's going to be the same shooter, mm -hmm. looter shooter, but more RPG elements. And they've already said that right off the bat. Yeah. And so maybe it kind of goes back, it's going to go back to what they originally wanted Destiny 3 to be, uh, or Destiny to be, uh, because I think that was the idea right from the beginning. Oh, right. it 100% was. I mean, you remember, I mean,
1: I I think you may have come in when it was a little bit easier even, Mm. but I mean... The first few months of Destiny it's like, you couldn't upgrade your gun. Do you yeah. know why you can't upgrade your gun? Because you've run a pla- around a planet for two hours searching for materials. Yeah. That's why you can't upgrade your gun. That was terrible. Do you also know yeah. why you can't upgrade your gun? Because you haven't completed the raid several times. Right. Because in order to do that, you had to get these materials you could only get from in game stuff. Yeah. You haven't spent two and a half hours grinding out of Nightfall.
0: <laughs> yeah, those are things so that like, those are things that make people
1: who complain about the grind now who have never experienced Destiny One vanilla have no idea.
0: Yeah, that, w- that was pretty rough uh, to me because I got I never well it felt like Mass Effect One when you were searching for resources on planets, <laughs> had to scan the planets. Man, well that was you a had nightmare. to go down on the planet
1: to get them, In Mass Effect Two you just like scanned and sent scan. probes. That's right. It you was so, it was like the... easier in Mass Effect Three, but yeah, I spent so yeah, much Mass time. Yeah, Mass Effect One. So, like I had like a system of like rotating the planet in a certain way so I make sure yeah every square meter of it you know it was ridiculous.
0: yeah that was that's terrible. That's what you call grind and <laughs> that's, a grind. that's 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 the way to <clears throat> expand the game's uh, playtime uh, <laughs> in a really bad way artificially. If yeah you will. if you want the game to be longer, add those types of things. yes, but you'll lose your your player base really quickly but,
1: but it was just even then it was like I don't this is annoying. But it was like all the stuff you're grinding for fit what you're trying to do. Yeah. And they made all of it worthwhile because at the end of it, if you did all that stuff, then you were able to do that suicide mission. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> they called it a suicide mission. A suicide yeah. mission. You don't die. Uh, well, I guess you could. I don't, you, Commander Shepard can't die, mm-hmm. but you could have crewmates die. Yeah. Um, and so it was like because I did all that. I mean, I was like completionist, 100%. Yeah. I was able to go through, and all my characters lived.
0: Yeah, I was lucky enough that, yeah. that all my characters lived too. Um,
1: <laughs> Maxed out loyalty. Did all the missions, went, sent so many probes. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But. Um, God. Yeah, you go good.
0: I didn't have anything. Oh, okay. I'm
1: trying to remember why we got on Mass Effect. Uh, just talking about like the vision for the game? or Yeah, yeah vision yeah.
0: for Destiny 3. Um, oh, yes, yeah. that's
1: it. And I, I hope that's the case. I mean, in the last vid doc, Bi-doc? vid doc? Cause vid because it's doc. a video, yeah. not a vi- video. <laughs> That's a different thing. Yeah, yeah, that's totally. We're not getting into that. Um, The last vid doc that came out, Luke Smith was there, and I remember, I remember it vividly because like Luke Smith had not been on any videos since before Destiny Two came out because he was the game director, and I think he took a lot of heat over that, even though he adopted the game like a year before it came out when there was all these different developmental issues. Like, yeah, and he's not one to like, he's not one to go throw his coworkers under the bus. Because of the mess he, he inherited, but yeah. <laughs> but he did come out and say something along the lines of "We are, we are exploring a destiny that's that belongs solely to us." Yeah, essentially, you know. And they had they had a lot of creative power. I think they had the majority of it, but they had that strict schedule to stick to. Yeah,
0: that's a big thing.
1: And, and in that case, it's like. You know, in that case, it was like a, um, a Call of Duty game mm-hmm. where it's like you had to come out with a new game every year. They had three different studios doing that. Mm-hmm. Bungie was doing it alone yeah. for a long time. And that's why they couldn't do it because it was just, they couldn't have stuff in between. So now that they don't have to do that, we're not going to have, I don't think we're going to have as much Destiny coming out, which yeah. is kind of sad, but hopefully the, the drops we get are going to feel really unified, yes. really purposeful, mm-hmm. really intentional. Uh, for everything they're trying to do. Sure. Because I think that's what you got when you got a Halo game mm-hmm. back when Bungie was making them. Yeah. You know, when Halo came out, it had a really great story campaign and it had incredibly robust PvP. And that's something that Destiny has never quite gotten the hang of. Yeah. Uh, having both at the same time. Right.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I think... Um, I am I was kind of in that same... When I when I heard they split from uh, Activision, I, I knew that they were probably going to make Destiny 2 last a little bit longer. Sure. Um... Which means we'ren't gonna get Destiny three uh, as soon, but it means that they're probably gonna take more time to develop so. yeah. develop a game that um, stands true to what their their vision of it is, mm-hmm. and they're gonna try to hopefully make it into a more uh, a game with more depth, um, yeah. because they've got the lore. I know that they've got the yeah. the universe. Um, but they just need to nail down those those um, game mechanics, you yeah. know, the balances and and um, and hopefully be able to um, to patch and put out content um, that people are gonna love. Yeah. And so you <clears> know, <throat> it, it took a little bit a little bit of time, but they started getting to like the point where their guns had personalities. You know, yeah. there's a lot of backstory to a lot of these weapons. Yeah. Um, they. They got, which I think was what Anthem is suffering with. Some of their their weapons right yeah. now is like every weapon looks the same, feels the same. Right. There's minor differences between them, but, but for some, it feel you know, unique. Yeah, none yeah. of these guns feel unique, but like the uh, tractor cannon feels completely different <laughs> from yeah. the uh, Thunderlord, and sure. feels completely different from Midas. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah, I think that's that's something that um, that they've kind of developed and took some <laughs> time, but. Their game has a lot more personality now, and, and I think if Absolutely. they can they can get back to that core experience being really really good, um, Destiny Three could be super super fun. Yeah, and I'm wondering what's going to happen with Anthem. It, it feels like that game's about to die. I think um, I, 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 you know I, I don't know how to read all, every
1: news report and what it means like yeah. in between the lines, but I, I did I did hear about one I think in the past week where they the um, roadmap for it was mm-hmm. basically put on hold I it mean, was made, yeah and so it was like that's not a good sign
0: no and and some of their lead developers uh, have been moved on to uh, dragon age yeah uh, four i think it is yeah i think so um which that's not a great sign either yeah. um it might be a good sign for dragon age yeah but well, not, not a great sign for anthem yeah but the thing is like uh, anthem's one of those games that i just i really really wanted it to do well and yeah i really hope that they do Come back to it at some point and make it into something great, because I think the it's, core gameplay mechanics are there. Yeah. Uh, but they just it it needs more personality. It yeah. needs it needs no more bugs. It needs to be optimized. <laughs> bugs rough, yeah. um, and so it's it's really sad because I I really really wanted Anthem to be something great. Yeah.
1: Well, it's like more great games are just good. I mean, then the problem yeah. is I don't have enough time to play them all. Right. Which is a frustrating thing I'm dealing with still. Yeah. But then, you know, it's like I was at GameStop the other day, mm-hmm. and I was looking through games I want to buy, and I was like, 90% of these are not games I'm interested in. Yeah. Either because some of it's personal taste. Some of it also is just like, I just don't, I don't, I don't want to play that. Like, yeah. I'm not interested in that. That doesn't, I don't feel like that level of uh, polish and excellence is there. Mm-hmm. And I... Or that that experience is really going to be meaningful for my time. Right. But, I, but I'm, and I hope that Anthem can, because I do think it's got, even though it's got a lot of issues, I feel like it's got an outline of something really great. Yeah. It could be. You right. Know? And I think it, and, and the storytellers at Bioware are some of the best in the biz, so I think if they, if they can really commit to it and have that singular vision for it, maybe mm-hmm. it could be great, but yeah. Yeah. I don't
0: know. So what are some questions that we can throw out to you? I was just thinking, listeners. you know,
1: listeners, what, what's a game that stands out to you as something that you, you, you played it and you thought, gosh, this feels just like a complete product. It seems like they really mm-hmm. knew what they were doing. Uh, totally clear experience, what you're supposed to be doing and why you're doing it from the get-go. Right. You know, what, what are games that stand out to you as great examples of a, a clear vision? Sure. You know, we didn't talk about it, but Nintendo... I mean, I feel like Nintendo nails that most yeah. of the time. Every time there's a Zelda game or a Mario game, these are old IPs, but they knock it out of the park every
0: single time. Absolutely. Because it seems like they know what they want to do and yeah. they do it. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also think uh, indie games. What are some indie games that you guys are, are uh, playing and that you thought was... I mean, this this isn't necessarily like AAA gameplay mechanics, but the the game itself just feels really, really good. And the story they're telling is... is uh, really good as well. Um, yeah. They're some of those games, and uh, maybe we can we can check them out and um, talk about them at yeah. some point. That sounds good. Um, follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at the EG Podcast and uh, uh, shout us out. Let us know what you guys are thinking on some of this stuff. And yeah, um, yeah. you can find me on Twitter at
1: sketch two mm-hmm. five six. You can also find me on Instagram at sketch two five six. But I literally never check it, so if you find me, don't be offended if I don't respond.
0: Uh, just keep. <laughs> keep adding at him and and he'll respond eventually uh and, Maybe. and I'm at uh Nick j wells on uh Instagram yep nope on Twitter Nick j wells and then on instagram I'm uh the Nick wells the uh, only one mm-hmm. I'm the the mm-hmm. official one yeah the the Nick wells mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right guys so we'll uh we'll catch you guys in the next podcast yep see you later All right, bye